somebody sees you doing like a, a cool, really, really cool straddle planche push-up, it's like, yeah, that's, I just unlocked that. Awesome. But I've been training for it for like eight years. So, so it's like, okay, I've been putting a lot of time into it and then you learn it. Yo, Gorillas, welcome to the Athlete Insider Podcast by Nation. My name is Phil, and today's guest is the Swedish freestyle athlete. Since a long time, somebody like an early freestyler from back in the days. Uh, I'm really happy to welcome you to the show, Douglas Eckermark from Sweden. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm also really happy to make this possible and uh, that you take the time. So uh, let's kick off for the people who don't know you. How do you present yourself? So yeah, my name is Douglas Ekmark, living in Sweden, working as a personal trainer, online coach, and overall running a calisthenics corporation and just inspiring people to become the best version of themselves, teaching and living, by the way, training in calisthenics. That sounds really nice. Sounds, uh, and we received some questions about it because uh, it's it's. I wouldn't say the dream of everybody, but the dream of a lot of calisthenics athletes to be able to work in their uh, in their sport and to be able to teach uh, younger people, the younger generation, um, the the values and the the knowledge that they gained in the sport. So uh, we will dive in that into that deeper uh, later. But um, yeah, let's kick off with the hard facts. People are always interested in how old are you? So I'm 25 currently turning 26 in like Friday. So about wow. two days, two days. Yeah. Okay. So this interview is launching on Thursday. So uh, many people will listen to, to this on Friday on your birthday. That's so. on my birthday, turning 26, <laughs> the 9th of April. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. How tall are you? So I'm 185 centimeters. So for calisthenics, I'll say it's, it's pretty tall. I know a lot of guys who are like 175, 176, like 74, like in between those areas, but not too much people I'm training with or have talked to are about, you know, 180 plus or 180 like I am. Wow. And how heavy are you? That, that kind of varies. But right now I'm starting around like 75 is like where I try to keep, where I, you know, maintain sort of, then I go plus minus like one kilo sort of. So about like topping out like 177, like once, mm -hmm. but then don't no longer like I'm in the under like 100, not like 75 is pretty strong, but most of the lowest. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Wow. Uh, so yeah, we, we also received some questions for you uh, concerning your height. If you ever felt that if it was a disadvantage, etc., and how you feel in general about it, we will also jump deeper into this afterwards. First of all, uh, tell us more about your calisthenics journey. You're in the game for a long time. I think the the oldest Instagram video that I found from you was from 2013, um, doing some archer pull-ups. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, tell us how did you get into the sport? What were your goals in the beginning? etc hmm. so yeah i was yeah 2013 yeah it's like eight years ago actually yeah so it's been a it's been a journey it's been a wild journey but yeah starting out back in the day when i first started it's you know i was mainly just looking for some way to train i had just come off training like i was doing dancing previously but then just quit and then i started getting into like like Muay Thai style, style training. And then after that kind of got bored with it, I got into the gym and then I was looking for ways to train. And the ways I previously trained was, you know, just body weight training essentially. That's what you have at these, these uh, Muay Thai facilities and stuff. So go, going into the gym, I, you know, I was kind of shocked with all the weights and equipment and bars, like, okay, what do I do with all of this? So. I kind of fumbled around with some weights and some doing some deadlifts and you know trying things out. But together with my girlfriend, current girlfriend as well, uh, we kind of narrowed down that okay, what we want to do and what I actually like doing is you know the body weight stuff, learning to do push ups and pull ups and like you saw in that video the, in from 2013, by doing the archers going to side to side like that. That was you know that was one of the first you know initial steps to getting into calisthenics and body weight training as a whole. And a lot of inspiration for that actually came off of YouTube. So I was studying YouTube, looking at primarily bar stars. I was looking at Ed Checo with his videos in New York, going with Handball for King, like all the guys up in New York State, training together outdoors, you know, having a blast, getting super strong, obviously, and ripped and doing really cool moves. So that kind of got me hooked. And, you know, studying the videos, trying on my own, failure back and forth, 
you know, pro starting that journey, essentially going, you know, at the gym, but also like in small parks around where I live, just found like a little setup with bars. So I still started doing like some like muscle ups, like assisted stuff, just getting into it. And, you know, eight years ago, I was, you know, 17. So I'm mean, young people, young guy trying to learn, see what I can do. Wow. So you, when you started it, you started off with uh, the basic movements, the, the pull-ups, the, the uh, push-ups, and afterwards the muscle-ups, etc. So there was no freestyle in the beginning, beginning. No, exactly. Because, you know, coming off of that background, what I'd known was the push-ups, dips, the squats. So I started, you know, out with those. And then from there, like, okay, after you learn your first muscle-up, it's like, okay, what can I do now? And then from there, it's like, okay, there's no room. I can't do muscle up too much because the headroom is so little. So then, you know, have to find a space to do things. And when you get comfortable being up on the bar, then you can start, you know, okay, can I put my foot here? Can I put my foot there? How can I go from here? You start discovering things, you know, of course, failing tons, like, you know, falling down on the ground. It's like spinning, it's losing my vision. It's like, of course, you know, it's not, it's not always sunshine, but you're learning and it's fun it's fun it's a journey so yeah you just start out with the basics and then incorporated some you know more advanced movements into it as you know time progressed and as i got stronger of course sure because like back in the days um <clears throat> there weren't like so many tutorials and uh, so much content on youtube so you had no. to find out a lot of stuff on your own right yeah no. it was just bar stars like that was the one i could find like Bar stars and some like gymnastics channels, like for handstands and things that are fundamental within that sport, so which I could transfer into this sport. So, so you know, those that was the foundation, literally. And then you know, trying, essentially trying and failing and seeing how things goes. And of course, some some minor injuries, but nothing serious. Okay. Did you have this one goal when you started? Like, um, was it maybe the physique goal or the weight goal or the, the skill goal, like achieving, a, I don't know, a human flag muscle up? What was it? So when first starting out, I think, I think the muscle up got me hooked. Like, I think that's the, the first thing that actually got me hooked. Like, I want to do this. But, you know, seeing like the guys on, on bar stars doing it in Dykeman Park, doing the muscle up, like jump in and up and down, doing the X's, like things like that got me really hooked. So it was more about learning the skill than it was like getting ripped or strong or anything like that. It was just mostly, okay, how, how can I learn this movement and what do I have to do to get there? And it's like, okay, muscle up is a pull up, transition, and a dip. Okay, so I got to work a lot of dips, a lot of push-ups, a lot of pull-ups mm -hmm. and get my core strong. And then, you know, from there, it's like, okay, how can I put this together, make a muscle up? Uh, sort of that's how the foundation was built. Do you still remember how was your, um, like, your journey? Did you progress fast? Do you know how long it took from your worst, first calisthenics workout ever to your first muscle-up? Yeah, it took it took a while. Like I, I know I, I had I had this vision, like okay, I can do it within this time frame, and it's like well, by the end of that, it's like no, I'm I just getting started. So so I had to rush things up. But I think I think from first like initially starting with the muscle up training to actually nailing like my first pretty rough, not so good chicken wing muscle up, I think I would say like it took about six months maybe or something like that. And that and I was just you know, hammering muscle up practice like every single day doing pull ups and the dips and the chin ups and the dip you know, like everything just to see what I could do. And at that time I had no, you know, experience in obviously like how to plan a workout, like how to structure training, like three day splits, five day splits. I had no idea. So I was just, you know, I was going pull ups and dips every day and see how it go what goes. And, you know, obviously the body, has to adapt after a while it gets strong after a while but might not have been you know the most effective way of doing things but about six months yeah so like if you would have to redo it today you would what would you change like uh, doing more rest yeah exactly so you know since i'm teaching bar muscle up and ring muscle up and everything nowadays i would you know i would change a ton of things obviously i would keep intensity i would still have to you know train pretty hard to, to learn a muscle up. it takes a lot of practice and strength but i probably divide it into more bits and pieces okay i'm gonna focus on the pulling and then i add you know pull days and then i got to do the pushing so i add push days so sort of split it up in like either three body full body workouts or four push pull splits 
how to get, you know, maximize the week and, you know, get some skill practice before the workouts and get enough, you know, stretching, mobility, prehab, everything to make sure that I got this whole rounded picture of, of the training to make sure, you know, that when I actually get up, I got good form. There's no risk of injuries. So make sure I, you know, I have a solid plan. I would lay that out first. And that's, you know, the thing I'm helping people with. So today you would be able to achieve your first muscle up in five months, four months, or even three months, or depending on, you know, the starting level. Yeah. About like three to six months should be no problem. I mean, if you, if you're really strong, like some of the people I'm coaching right now, they, they learn muscle up in, you know, two months, maybe wow. like it goes pretty quick. So it depends on, it depends on where you're starting and what sort of foundation you have uh, technique wise. True. Because I, I remember, like, I started, it's funny because I started around about the same time uh, as you with, with Kelasenex and also with uh, the Hannibal Bassas uh, era. So um, when I saw Hannibal doing muscle-ups, I didn't even know what this move was called. And I was this guy uh, typing, second 46, what is this move called? Please help mm -hmm. me. <laughs> because I didn't want know how to look up tutorials because, you know, if yeah. you don't know the name of the move. How should you uh, look for advice? And um, this is why why I'm I'm asking because I can totally relate um, to your to your journey. So um, let's um, continue a little. Mm, you kept on working hard. Uh, how was your? Uh, give us a, a fast forward to today. Um, how did your your journey go? Because you also competed professionally in in, in freestyle. Um, you also had, uh, for example, the TV show. So you were like uh, performing like for the entertainment factors or all this um, until today. All right. So yeah, it's it's obviously a long story. A lot of years been happening, yeah. but. For sure, yeah. We started out doing the, you know, the muscle ups and everything, and then obviously progressing from muscle ups into the multiple muscle ups, and you know, start practicing like front lever and things. But a lot of exercises like that really lacking form, lacking strength, lacking essentially the knowledge to perform the exercise in a good manner. Essentially, that that's, it took a lot took a lot of practice and a long time to to get some of the things down, like the hip sagging, like not extending the foot, like bending the arms. Like there's a lot of details that when you first get into it, it's like you just overlook those things, but they're so key, which can, you know, shift your progress from months to weeks or weeks to days. It can, it can go pretty fast. So I was just practicing, keep training uh, where I lived by then at that time. So just keep training. And then I actually started inviting a lot of friends to start training with me because I, I wanted to share these great training methods. Like, so I gathered a few friends uh, who were training with me. Some, some trained for a month or two and then they left and started doing other practices. And, and some people really stick to it and really start training with me. And then we are tra still training to this day together. So there, you know, we started together, started helping each other, pushing each other, trying to figure things out and Training and training and training over a long period of time, consistency is what leads to results. So training for a long time like that helped me develop a good and solid foundation because you, you sort of need that first year or two to really build a good, good foundation to rest on so that your joints and ligaments and muscles are strong enough to carry you through a lot of movements. So I started out training like that, progressing all further and further. I started training more in the city of Stockholm. I was living just right outside. Now I started training more indoors in the city of Stockholm, um, which I found like a really solid, good high bar, which I could actually perform like freestyle moves on. Outside, I've, you know, previously I've just been outside in various parks around the city, which, you know, has been pretty bad. It's been raining, it's been blowing, snowing. But it's like a blessing to find a place where you can practice indoors and some people might have seen those on instagram like the big bar and everything just doing freestyle but that was kind of an eye on the opener trying to do that um so just practicing my own literally watching youtube still and uh, but then after a while i sort of you know run into a lot of more people that have been training calisthenics for a while as well like you mentioned like Marlin, daniel donna etc all these people And we sort of linked up and started training more together because we had this common interest of calisthenics. So we started training together. And at that time, I was actually an official member of Bar Stars. So I was in the Bar Stars international group. We were training together, like virtually helping each other. Um, but that was, it was so distant. I had flown to Miami like twice and competed actually like training. And I met with Ed Checo and all the guys over there. 
and Chris Heria and all those guys, but it was it was so distant. We're in, we're in different you know continents essentially, so it's a long way to travel. So it, it made more sense to join up with the other guys here in Stockholm, and we were training a lot, pushing each other for a long time. And, and then I applied for Sweden's Got Talent, and uh, 2017 I think that was, uh, on my own. And then I competed like on my own with the trio, like a whole routine and everything. And I actually got help from Molly and Daniel with that, setting like carrying the things and everything. And the year after that, we applied as a group as Beast Bars because at that time I had left Bar Stars to join Beast Bars. And my friend Emil, I brought him with me and we all joined Beast Bars and formed this group together of five. So we were training like and doing the show and, you know, we got some you know, got semifinals at least, you know, got a lot of ice on us, which was really fun. So we were training that, working everything like that alongside, you know, studying. I was studying sport management at the time as well. So alongside studying and working on these things, like a lot of things coming together, which was really, really fun. And uh, after Spring Got Talent, we actually got invited to go to China. So we went to uh, China, which called which called World's Got Talent, I think the, the name was. So we went there on the five of us and actually built a big routine up a number and you know was in that part of that competition for within in China for a week. So it was a lot of fun as well. But that's like the sort of the all around but alongside all of that you know doing freestyle like i've just been you know progressing step into freestyle up all the time trying new things and it's been it's been a it's been a long journey just practicing freestyle and i was so heavily focused on freestyle for so so long up until sort of sort of when the pandemic hit sort of corona like it's February of last year, sort of, I started shifting the mentality from going like all in on the freestyle part to advancing more into the static and the strength part of calisthenics, which I had neglected for a long time. So from there, for about a year or a little over a year now, I've had shifted the mentality from doing freestyle like every single week to going freestyle every other week or every fourth week, like every month. And then shifting into doing the pull and push, like front lever, muscle up, one arm pull up, human flag, planche practices. And that has been so, so fun and sort of an eye opener as like to the whole static community and things where you can train, like you can do so, so much if you just start practicing and give you, give it time essentially, because it takes time. Like it's front lever took like, you know, six months of hard work. And it's like, okay, now I can do front lever, but it's like, I can't just do one or two seconds. It's like, okay, I can do a 16 second front lever hold. It's like, okay, now it's good. Now, now I'm here. And then you start like, okay, I can do pull-ups and you can do the, you know, there's so much things. It's sort of freestyle on its own. So it's, it's been a, been a, I know for like that. Wow. So today's your focus is on basics um, plus aesthetics. Let's, let's call it. Yeah, exactly. That's been, that's been the whole focus for now. Wow, because yeah, I, I had to scroll down a little for for the freestyle content uh, to to find it on on your Instagram, and uh, uh, I saw some statics in between, some uh, hand balancing stuff on on chairs that uh, fell down, mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> yeah, wow. some, that's uh, yeah, it it just it just re I just realized that there had to be some some transition um, to come to this um, today's basics and um yeah uh aesthetics mentality so um for you it was, was from outer uh circumstances that you focused on the stuff that you were able to continue because uh free yeah time. well yeah exactly well well the gyms in sweden has been open throughout the pandemic we've never had a lockdown so the gyms have been open so you have been able to do freestyle and things like that but It, it just hasn't been a big focus of mine. It's just, you know, doing so, so much freestyle, working on the 540s and the shrimp clip and the gangers and doing all of these things. Like, it takes so much time and so much work, and you unlock a move, but it's, like, it's so risky as well, like high injury uh, potential. And mm -hmm. sort of, you know, I just sort of got tired of practicing the same routines over and over with a, a high intensity like that. So... I progressed, you know, more into building strength because since, you know, started teaching as well, even more um, since February of last year, we went full time on this, this calisthenics company together, uh, Sabina and I, my partner. So from there, it's, 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 you know, it's kind of 
rethinking like okay what am i actually teaching what can i teach the most and teach the most people and that's that's a lot you know to do with the basics and the statics and the power dynamics and everything like that those kind of exercises are the things that i'm I'm teaching mostly Uh, so i wanted to get as good as possible on these exercises so that's you know sort of where the mentality comes from but i still you know like doing freestyle whenever we go out together all the guys freestyle like for for a weekend it's so, so fun, but it's also when you practice a lot more statics, the freestyle gets a lot easier. Mm-hmm. So it's way easier now to do a shrimp flip to 540 into a double 316 ganger. It's, it's much easier because you, you can pull yourself much harder. You can do handstand much easier, come down from a handstand into a front lever. It's, it's way easier than it was before. Before it was sort of a struggle, like, okay, down in front lever, one, two, down, and just keep going. But now it's way more controlled, which uh, has been, you know, a big weakness of mine, essentially, before. Wow. So, like, what you feel is that um, focusing on statics right now doesn't let you lose your freestyle, but even improve improve it. Yeah. I would say, like, it maintains my freestyle okay. level, but I'm, I'm gaining in endurance and strength. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, I haven't learned too many new moves in the last year, yeah. but all moves look cleaner and are easier for me now. Cool. Yeah. I think it's also because of the tendons and uh, like you in general become become stronger as an athlete and um, yeah, definitely makes sense. Yeah. Um, your current goals right now for workout. Um, do you have some some stuff that you are working on right now? Yeah, well, I had for 2020, I had three goals which I set up and I I made two of them realistically. So I did the one arm pull up was one of my goals, or one on each arm, and I managed to do that. And then it was plus 10 seconds of full front lever hold. Mm-hmm. I used to do that. And the other one was say 10 seconds of straddle planche hold. It took a little longer, but front lever got more attention essentially, is what it is. And front lever and pull on a pull up goes hand in hand. So this is mm-hmm. both pulling motions. So it, they sort of helped each other like that. But the goal for 2021 right now is definitely planches. Straddle planche, 10 second hold, press to handstand, like going from planche, straddle planche up to the handstand and going back down. That is one of the main goals. Uh, besides working, you know, continuing to work on my weaknesses. Because I've, you know, before I've been neglecting the leg workouts as well, a lot. So I've been doing leg workouts. I can do pistol squats, I can do box jumps and all of those things. And now it's like, okay, I've got to dedicate some more time to like deadlifts and like back squats, front squats, more of those foundational exercises where you can put a lot of weight on and really build a solid lower body, which connects into the upper body, obviously, so you can carry yourself in more advanced motions as well. And it's not about building, you know, high volume, like big chunky legs. No, but it's more contrasted, like strong legs that you can carry yourself up with. So that's been like, a big, a big shift as well to training, you know, legs once every other week to doing it about like four times a week now. Wow. And you don't think that this hurts your front lever performance or your straddle planche performance? In, in, if I were to plan it more towards volume, like I would do like 12 reps for like six sets, like doing some massive volume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think it would devastate it because, you know, the heavier it gets, the heavier, the harder it gets to hold yourself up. But since doing it like that, this, I feel like it's helping. It's helping stabilize the core, engaging the glutes in the front lever, which actually holds the body up a lot and getting the quads really strong for, you know, planches has also helped me open up the hips a lot more. And hips is something I've been struggling with before. Like in the start plans, my feet has always been like sort of leaning down mm-hmm. just slightly. But now since practicing a lot of back strength, I can pull myself up much better. Okay. So how do you train right now uh, the squats? Because I saw in your Instagram story that uh, this morning you were doing uh, back squats. So um, can you like, um, what, what is the volume, etc.? Yeah. All right. So yeah, so I'm doing a four days split doing push workouts two days, days a week and two full workouts a week for the push workouts it's planches and back squats <clears throat> for the pull workouts it's front lever mainly one on pull-ups and the deadlifts so since i'm doing four days a week i'm doing one or two leg exercises per workout each workout 
So, and with that, you, you know, can't do too many exercises. You can't have too much load. So I'm, I'm taking about 80% of my max one rep, adding that to five repetitions, doing five rounds on each exercise with about three to five, six minutes of resting in between. And this morning I was doing the back squats five times five at 85 kilos. Okay. So working my way up, I started about, I started about 70 and then I'm working my way up to, I want to go to about 90 or hundred. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That's uh, always uh, an interesting topic uh, for the legs and the statics, uh, which I'm yeah, always interested in, in the, in the opinions, um, but definitely makes sense how you present it. And um, if you feel that you're still progressing and that you're uh, like um, making progress in straddle planche and front lever, that's, that's cool. Really cool. Um, The thing that we already talked about in the beginning, a question that was uh, asked uh, two, three times for this interview, but in general, it's a question that comes so often, please interview a a tall athlete, um, because I think there are a lot of uh, tall athletes out there who are like seeing the interviews and the high performing athletes who are around one meter 70 or even one meter 65 and Mm -hmm. um, thinking, yeah, is it possible uh, with my height to, uh, to do the same? Is it even realistic uh, should i uh, switch to another sport etc mm. so um yeah did you ever feel that your height was a disadvantage or um how, how do you feel about your height in in, in calisthenics in general so i would say i would say it's like a double-edged sword like it's it's both great and it's at the same time can be frustrating <clears throat> because when you're doing sort of some swings, like for say you're doing like uh, giants or doing like uh, shrimp clips, the, the length that you are, how long you are, is going to help you a lot with the swing. So if you're a taller person, you're, you're going to extend way, way further out than somebody's short. So you get a lot more momentum coming around. So in one sense, you can use that to your advantage to get even more speed into certain movements. And what I've noticed like when training with my friends is that I'm one of the taller guys, but not the tallest, but one of the taller guys. And when we're training together, doing these, these swings and everything is that I'm a lot faster than a lot of people. So even though I'm the, one of the taller guys, I'm a lot faster, which, you know, is, is great in that, in that sense, but it can also be in the way because when you're doing statics, for example, you have longer legs to pull. So so it, it, it depends, but it also depends on how you're training and how much you're training. I, I wouldn't say like it's, it has to be better to be short, but it, it can help. But if you're training hard and really being dedicated to it, I think there's, there's no disadvantage to being a taller guy. It's, you have more muscles to pull with, but you're taller as so you weigh more. But everything is in relation to your body. So the, the body is how it is. But the thing that can change, though, is, you know, the length of your arms, the length of your legs. Some people have naturally longer arms, shorter legs. Obviously, that's going to help because your hand is going to be closer to your waistline in some movements. So your lever might be easier. But I think, I think when, it, you know, when it's all said and done at the end of the day, it's a lot of, you know, how much work do you actually put in and how much are you complaining about your disadvantage, so if, you know, five centimeters won't make that much of a difference. So just, you know, work with what you got and that's going to help you out a lot. Just focusing on, you know, turning things to your advantage really is, you know, the main thing. Like if you're taller, use that. If you're shorter, use that. That's awesome. I mean, I mean, if you, if you compare myself to like Danny's license, Danny's license is a tall guy as well. It's about the same as me. I think it's 182 or something. So it, it's pretty tall himself. So it's, there it's, it's pretty hard to tell like if it's you know has to do with weight or length it's i think it's a lot about how much time you put in and how much you actually want to learn something but in the end when like when starting it might be easier for a taller guy to start doing freestyle because it's easier because you can you can just hang it's, it's not hard to pull yourself up like that you can use your legs to gain momentum but it's harder, you know, for the statics since you have a longer length to pull, but it's also a lot harder with statics in general, I would say. So I, would, I wouldn't say it's a general rule of thumb. Oh, I really like that. Um, so are you like a more uh, pull or push person with your genetics? And I would say like naturally I'll, I'm more inclined to the push 
movements. Mm-hmm. I started out doing handstands really, really early. And, you know, handstands was something I've been doing, like you said, like on chairs and on ceilings and mm-hmm. handstand push-ups, handstand walking, pressing on hands. Like I've been doing a lot of those kind of pushing movements. So I sort of got into that more. But in the later days now, like last year, I've been more inclined towards the poly movements. So okay. shifting. Okay, cool. So one of the most frequently asked questions in general, um, Douglas, do you have some some planche advice, some special secret routine for me? Um, yeah, but seriously asked, what is your advice to, to learn the, the planche? Well, I would like to learn the planche perfectly myself uh, to like a whole of full plants that would be amazing but I'm, I'm unfortunately not not there right now uh, as of my training like i said i've been focusing a lot on the pulling lately the one-arm pull-up like the front lever that kind of stay uh, training but i've been practicing a lot on the planche obviously training with it and i can you know manage to hold sort of a decent strap line for about five seconds or so six seconds maybe so I'm getting there definitely. But I mean, when it comes to strength training in general, it doesn't really matter if it's, you know, about front lever, one arm pull up, or if it's planches, the same concept sort of applies. You have to start develop strength first. So starting to develop strength means that you have to lower the repetitions, increase the intensity of how you're training, the difficulty essentially of what you're training and repeat that for a number of reps and sets Usually the concept goes from one to five set repetitions between five to six, seven sets, maybe. So depending on which level you're at and where you're training. So I would say for a lot of people, I think most people are starting out a little from the, from the back end sort of when they're starting. So because they, when they first start out, we're doing pushups and things like this, they're doing high volume. They're doing, you know, 12, 15 push-ups, uh, four or five sets, like doing 70 reps in total, like high, high numbers, when in fact they should be lowering those numbers, adding more intensity to the workout. For example, if you're able to do 10 push-ups, let's say, then it's time to start lowering those numbers into five push-ups, but get on a box, get a pair of you know parallels, buy them from Gornation, why not? Do the push-up, deep, deep push-up, and then back up again. Do those for five reps and start increasing that difficulty. If that's too easy, add a weight vest or get your feet off of the ground into a tuck planche hold and start doing tuck planche push-ups. So you start increasing difficulty but lowering the reps so you can keep quality in the form. And then take long breaks most people neglect this but take breaks the body needs time to adapt to do you know for muscle development and adaptation to happen you need a long break for the muscles in the in your body to develop new energy essentially so you have to take long breaks to get new energy into the body to perform the exercises at a good quality And doing, for example, five reps for five sets, you end up with 25 repetitions, with, which is in, within the, the frame for muscle development and strength building. So starting out in that end, working for you know, not one month, not two months, but four, six, eight, 12 months, gaining strong, becoming really strong, that is a good foundation on which you can start adding your endurance after. So if you want to increase the endurance then later, yeah, you can do that later, but that takes a month or two. But muscle strength, raw strength, takes a long time to practice and gain strength. And so you have to be patient. Patient and have a clear and solid plan on where you want to go and how to get there. And sort of clear out a lot of the exercises that you might think that you want to do to learn a move. Let's say for a front lever, like say, okay, I want to, I want to do pull-ups because you have to have, have a strong back for, for doing front lever. Yeah, That's true, but if you want to do front lever holds and front lever pull-ups, you have to do front lever and front lever pull-ups. This sport-specific training is super, super important in this factor because doing pull-ups is vertical, but doing front lever pull-ups is horizontal. So it's a different way of pulling. So you have to do both and also separate the two. Like, okay, if I do front lever training, I'm doing this kind of training. If I'm doing regular pull training, I'm doing this kind of training. There's nothing wrong in doing pull-ups and doing front lever pull-ups, but you have to be careful with how you structure it. Wow. 
I think that's uh, super valuable um, input and advice um, because, yeah, there are different approaches, definitely, but um, it really makes sense how, how you explain it. And um, yeah, let's um, jump into your day, like your uh, typical day. How does it look like? Do you have some, some routines, some uh, habits when you get up? Uh, what, do you take a breakfast, etc.? Take us in a, in a typical day of Douglas. Yeah. All right. So, so this is not really a typical regular day, but it's, it's kind of. So I usually get up in the morning about like seven to eight, somewhere around that time. But I usually don't have too many clients in the morning, like early morning. Usually first clients about like 11, maybe one, depending on something like that during the day. But I'm waking up, getting a fresh cup of coffee, getting some, you know, oatmeal i'm usually eating oatmeal or uh, there's kefir and things like that having an egg like getting good start with a lot of food to make sure i have energy throughout the day is a key fact and usually working from home since we're working from home everybody but it's not different for us because we have our office in our home so we have the which i'm sitting in right now which is our office so we can sit here for, for a few hours if you want to do that and work so working, you know, answering some emails, uh, planning on Mondays, we always, always plan our weeks, our content, what we want to do, which emails we have to answer, plan the group sessions ahead, which, you know, from today, it's Wednesday, we have two group classes today. So, you know, I have to plan those and those, you know, we do at home planning those. I plan to do some of it, but Sabina, my partner, plans some of the workouts as well. So we sort of share that. Working from home until lunch, sort of, and then having lunch at home, and then usually heading into the studio to have clients. And the studio is about 20 minutes or so away from where we live, so it's pretty close when you commute. Um, going there, usually like between three to six PD clients, maybe, and one to two group classes, um, training, you know, helping people learn. Usually it's the handstand, front lever, back lever, ring muscle up, regular muscle up, human flag. Like some of those exercises we're working on. Some people want to strengthen, you know, their pulling, just, you know, being able to unlock their first pull up. Or some people want to learn their first chin up or dip or push up. And some people, you know, have already mastered that. So we're doing, you know, front lever pull ups and things like that. So some more advanced athletes as well, but it depends on the level. So it's a very, you know, varies. And then, you know, getting home uh, a little later, having dinner at home together with Sabina and I. And then, you know, chilling. But, you know, since we have our own company working for ourselves, the day can vary so much. If we're out, you know, in somewhere, in some gym, like extend for beginning Cal Hell, where we used to work out a lot, we can go there, record content for the, you know, the whole week or produce videos for our online programs, which we're releasing every now and then, building and pro you know, programming those programs. Yeah, it varies. Wow. That's really cool. And um, yeah, how was it like to, to be a Calisthenics personal trainer? Like, um, as I said, I think it's the, the dream, uh, the goal of a lot of athletes out there, a lot of listeners. So mm -hmm. can you tell us more about how is it like? Is it like how you expected it when you started or is it completely different? I would say it's more or less exactly how I envisioned it. Like, To be because I would not be doing personal training if it wasn't for calisthenics. I would not be in a regular gym teaching deadlifts and like flies or bench presses all day. I, I wouldn't do that. So then I would work with something else, obviously. But teaching calisthenics has been so great and so fun. And you know, it's 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 teaching people to do movements rather than just defining their body or gaining a, some pounds or adding some weights to a dumbbell. It's, it's unlocking new things and new movements and helping people become a better version of themselves and gain confidence and trust in themselves that they can do something which they previously wasn't able to do. So it's, it's, a lot, it's a lot giving to do, you know, these kind of movements to help people with, because when they finally learn that ring muscle up, it's, it's a huge, huge milestone for somebody to actually be able to pull themselves up around the rings or the bar and actually do the movement. And you can see it, you know, their all eyes just light up from, you know, being able to actually do something and gives them a big confidence boost. So it's it's everything I imagined it to be and more. It's 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 really fun. And 
what were the the steps that were necessary to become a calisthenics personal trainer is it um do you need like um some diploma some uh, studies uh, what what are what do you think from today's perspective is necessary for somebody to come to this position uh, well i think it's a, i think it's a variance of factors it's i wouldn't i wouldn't say that there's any client who is you know actively seeking a personal trainer like me or something like because you have some sort of diploma i wouldn't say that i wouldn't a piece of paper wouldn't you know matter too much it's like okay i have the paper yeah cool what can you teach me <laughs> yeah. so it, it's more about you know uh, inspiration people looking up to you seeing the things you can do and thinking it or you know hoping that you can teach them these movements and then you know it's a lot about the personal chemistry with the, you know, a personal training client and a trainer, uh, the, us two have to match in, you know, the most the social part, having fun, obviously it's a big part of it, but also, you know, that we're speaking sort of the same language in, in which we're talking and understanding that, okay, this is the goal. This is where we're working towards, and this is how we're going to be working towards those goals. So it's a lot about that, but then, from you know our specific perspective it's a lot about where we are located as well we are like in the central part of stockholm it's easy to commute to a lot of people living just five minutes of walking away from the gym from the studio where we're at and we're sharing a studio space together with a company called extreme fabrican which has opened up a studio in Friensplan in stockholm in which we're working with uh, to hold you know these classes and pt and everything like that so location has been really, really key. Obviously, knowing your stuff, being able to do handstands and teach handstands go very well together. Obviously, I can help somebody, you know, practice planche training, but it's hard to teach full planche when you actually don't really have the full planche, you know, mastered. So I'm working on that. I'm working on it. <laughs> but, it's, you know, it's overall, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I think, I think that you, you have to have fun and be actively seeking new clients and ways to help people to, to actually make it, make it work. Cool. And uh, do you also do uh, online coaching? Yeah, exactly. We do online coaching. Um, both Sabine and I write programs uh, for that, but we have the physical you know, studio classes PT, and then we have the online, the programs, which I mentioned, which are up on the website. We have a few coming now, CalSense Foundation and the CalSense at home program as well. But then we also do the personal training online service. So month to month updated workout programs, linked videos, coaching bi-weekly over Zoom, just like this. So really working, you know, with the person, even though we're not in person, we're working together towards a goal. And, you know, we, we've got clients all over Stockholm, Sweden, you know, there's Germany, there's been UK, Canada, United States, Zimbabwe. You mentioned it, all kind of countries. Like it's, it's been a lot of people from all kinds of parts of the world. And that's sort of what's, what's defining this sort of communities. A lot of people worldwide, no matter where you are, can get into bodyweight cal and calisthenics training and find a goal to work towards and something that they are passionate about and then seek help from somebody who is you know, on the opposite side of the world, but we can still help each other. Wow. Well. That's cool. So, um, yeah, for all the people who are not in Stockholm in the center, so uh, they are like they can check out your website that will be linked down below um, for the for the online coaching. And uh, let's come to the topic of nutrition. Um, mm. How does your nutrition look like and what role does it play in your performance and in your life in general? Yeah, nutrition is, is really, really key. It's it's important piece the puzzle like you would think the only the workouts matter but the workouts is just one or two hours in a day you have 14 to 16 hours more to eat so you there, there's a lot that can go wrong in the in the eating but i try to focus on the the, the positive things when it comes to dieting i wouldn't even call it dieting but eating in general uh, just eating whole foods uh, which you cook on our own good foods and, you know, a lot of protein, fats, carbs, vitamins, nutritional values, like high nutritional values in everything we're eating and, you know, cook as much 
from the base as possible. And to, to some extent, we try to avoid, you know, dairy and gluten and sugar, but these things, you know, when you celebrate sort of my 26th birthday now, of course, we're going to have some kind of cake. We're going to have, you know, party, of course, like we're not too strict about those things, but we try to keep it good so that we keep our energy level high and can perform during the workouts. So I would, I wouldn't say we do any sort of, you know, uh, eat less just to make sure we lose weight or anything like that, but no, we eat, eat more, train more and make sure you have energy to fill the tank and go train even harder. I would say that's sort of the recipe to what, what we're doing. Okay. And is it difficult for you to keep the 75 kg or um, is it uh, easier for you to lose or to gain weight? I would say it's, it's hard for me to both lose and gain. Okay. So I'm pretty stable. I'm pretty stable. No matter, no matter like how much I eat, I'm pretty stable in you know where I am. When, when I want to gain, it takes a long time it takes a while because i'm very active when working as you know a trainer you're up on your feet for about some days like monday now it was like nine ten eleven hours just working you know being active at studio talking to people working taking about twenty five thousand steps and wow. training on top of that you know so it, you're literally burning like two and a half k calories like you can't eat enough especially when eating whole foods so it's, it's, you know, we try to eat as much as possible and it's, it's, sometimes it's harder to maintain actually the weight because, you know, we're moving so much, training so much. It's, it's hard to find time to actually cook all this food, to eat the food and, you know, have good planning around that. And, you know, not going just, you know, eating, you know, junk food, literally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because then it's easy to to get the calories in. Obviously, just, you know, drinking Coke and eating candy. Yeah, sure, you can fill the the calories up, but how how good is that? It's not it's not good at all. True, but twenty five thousand steps. Wow, that's <laughs> that's a yeah, lot. Literally, I'm literally on twelve thousand right now, and I've got a whole workout, you know, work week evening now coming up in a few hours. Wow. So it, it's it's a lot, but it's like, that's when you commute into the city as well. Stockholm is a big city, so you're working, you you know, walking to the train, taking the train, walking between trains, walking to the station. It's a lot. It's like just a one and a half thousand steps going into the city. So it's 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 a lot of steps like that, and I can go back and forth two times in a day. That's just six thousand right there. Wow. So you know, you get a lot of steps like that. But on some days when we're working just from home, writing programs, programming sessions, and everything like that, some days obviously it's lower. I say the average is about like 18k. Yeah. Well, respect for that. Um, your opinion on uh, supplements? Don't really use them. Have never really actively used supplements at all. I actually right now I have one vegan powder at home, like natural vegan powder, just to put in like smoothies mm -hmm. to get some extra like soy protein and hemp protein. I think it's or peas, but. That's like to the extent of which we're using it. It's like just try to eat good foods instead. And I would say supplements is like the last way out. Okay. There's no other option. There's no time. Then yeah, sure. Maybe it can work. But even then it's like real food is usually better. Okay. That's, why, you know, that's how I do it. A lot of people do it differently. Some people are really into like, you know, getting supplements right after your workout. But, you know, I'm more of a guy that, you know, goes to get a banana. Mm -hmm. So I'm all monkey. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Awesome. Um, yeah, injuries. Uh, you talked about some minor injuries in the beginning, um, but in general, what injuries did you have and what did you learn from them? Yeah, so I had a ton of minor injuries, obviously, like, you know, just overworking the wrist, which are working every single day, it's like in the neck and things like that. Those are really minor. They, you know, if you have an injury or just a soreness, which, you know, settles after three or four days, it's like, don't really mind it too much. It's, it's you know, that comes and goes. Mm -hmm. But I have a few like bigger injuries, like and they're mostly related to freestyle calcine training. So in doing the freestyles, I've, you know, fallen off of the bars in different angles and ways, sort of, you know, just falling down on my back, cracking the necks, like doing all these kind of weird ways of falling, which has, you know, hurt me a ton. It's like, oh, shit, can't walk for five days <laughs> or, you know, sprained my ankle like uh, 10 times, maybe doing like backflips off of the bar and things wow. like that. Like those kind of things, they're high risk, but they're high reward. So 
sort of those things, you kind of risk it. But going back to what I did from uh, early February last year, I started, you know, shifting my mentality. And since then I have no injuries whatsoever. So I'm all good on the injuries now. I try to make sure that I, you know, practice safe uh, training so that I, you know, avoid injuries at all costs. But uh, from Sweden's Got Talent, I actually had like one of my worst injuries. Okay. What was it? So when we were training for uh, Sweden's Got Talent, we're doing so a big number and everything. Got all of these things coming together, which was really great. But there was one part of it where me and Daniel were doing backflips on the ground in front of the bars. So the guys were doing something up on the bar and we were in front of the bar doing backflips on our own, like towards each direction in front of the bar. And practicing that, that was okay. It worked. I had nailed, you know, backflip on the ground previously. So I've learned that. But then as, you know, time progresses and you get more nervous for your performance, things, you know, start spooking you out. It's like, okay, did I actually stick that last time? Or wait, was I too quick? Was I too slow? Or I have to time with a beat? And when doing that, there was a lot of things happening so fast. You know, we were just preparing backward stage. And then all of a sudden, we're like, oh, beast bars, get up on the stage. Like running up. And it's like, shit, we, we got to go. Oh. And then it's like backing up. And then I sort of came a little a little behind the, the tempo of the music. So I had to rush the, the push-ups we were doing before that. And then I got into the backflip and I had, hadn't really get a second to actually take a breath and then go. So I really just went back into it and landed like on my knees. Oh shit. Yeah. So I had to like, I had to stand there and do complete the, the whole set. It's on, it's on Instagram, on YouTube as well, but I had to complete the set. Shake legs were just shaking. And I told my friend that uh, Emil was part of the crew as well. When I came around the stage, I was like, that hurt as a bitch. He <laughs> was like, keep going, keep going. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I have to keep going. And then I was just, you know, just was walking with like pretty much like crutches off of the stage, just hurting as hell. And then for, you know, just like six months, I was just pain, just walking. I had to go physio and check my knees up. And I had almost torn both PCL ligaments in the back of the knee. So the knee has two ligaments crossing like this. So this is the anterior and this is the posterior. And the posterior one was almost 100% off on both knees. Oh, yeah. So that wasn't too fun, but I had to go to physio and get help and learn how to, you know, to actually train this. So I started out just, you know, back at it again, small, small squats, just, you know, just doing a regular just squat, like sitting down on a bench like this, is was hard. Like it hurt in my knees. So I had to you know, take it back a step and keep working on the, the foundation sort of for how to do squats and how to walk properly and sort of get, getting back into how that works after four, five, six months of hard work with it. It got better and better and better and better. So now it's, you know, it's no problem at all. I can do the back squats and the, I haven't really done too many back flips though on the ground. But I can do I can do them on trampoline or on like a mat or anything, no problem. But I haven't really gotten back into doing on the ground yet. Well, that sounds yeah. Um, maybe one reason why like um, doing sports as a, as a on performance is isn't that healthy. Like uh, in in any sport, if you go to the limits, uh, it's like uh, it can crush your body. And this is like mm-hmm. one example. If you have to perform now, and you don't have the time to take a breath, um, yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a line in between where training is healthy and good for you, and in which it turns into performance and sport, and where it's it's a lot about the performance, not so much about your health. Yeah. And in that instance, it was more you know just complete the number, just do it, uh, rather than you know just, okay, I have to I have to you know, take care of myself rather. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, we're slowly coming to an end. Um, at the end, I always like to um, let you sum up a little. Um, what do you think are the main three mistakes that uh, you see the calisthenics, uh, the typical calisthenics athlete do, or like a lot of calisthenics athletes or beginners or intermediates do? Well, I've touched on one of the topics previously, and that's as being usually usually with beginners or trained beginners is that you're you're in a rush for the workouts you're usually stressing too much 
working out should be fun, but it's also should be structured and you have to take your time with things. Everything has its pace. You shouldn't stress it too much. But a lot of people are just getting into doing too high a volume too soon and neglecting that they should be training more sports specific training, sort of like the front day pull up example or tuck planche example, getting into those more, which can be seen as advanced movements, which they are. But if you use assistance and help, they can get easier. And getting into those early usually helps getting your body to adapt to those kind of pressures. So I would say that's one of them, definitely. Um, but the second one, I would say just spontaneously, is that I think a lot of people are getting way too excited about the freestyle part. I think a lot of people are neglecting the, the foundational strength that you have to have to actually perform freestyle in a sort of really safe way, really. Because when, when you're doing, let's say, jumping into 360s, you can easily, and this has happened during our, one of our uh, so Swedish championships, you can easily dislocate your shoulders from a 360 if you haven't prepared well enough. So, and that happened to a guy, Dennis, uh, one, like two years ago. He did his like, 360, like one of the first ones, and just popped it out. And it, a lot of people suffer those kind of injuries because they're, they're stressing about the moves that they want to learn, but they haven't you know, really prepared the strength for it. So they're, they're you know, really stressing it. And one of, they're too anxious, I would say, about learning new things. And I think it's fun, which is awesome. It's great that it's fun to learn things. You want to you know, train and have fun with you guys and everything. Perfect, all good. But you have to think about, okay, what can my body actually do? And if this is, is safe or not. And uh, I would say one of the, and the third thing, I would say just spontaneously now as well, is also neglecting your leg workouts. I would say most people aren't paying attention to their leg workouts. And, you know, most people training calisthenics won't be able to do full planche push-ups. It's, it's, it's a long way to go. It's like 10 years training hard. It can be six years if you're really dedicated. It can be through three months or three years. Yeah, sure. But for most people, like full planche push-ups or full planche holds, it takes so many years of dedicated practice. And I think a lot of people are, you know, they're not thinking about that. You know, I have to build a good foundation doing body weight training, sure, but also doing the leg workouts doing to make sure you strengthen your entire body because the planche is not a bicep or just front shoulder movement. It's a whole body, big compound movement, which takes a toll on your entire body. So just training the upper body is not going to help you in the long run, but also be, be sure to plan your leg workouts. So you're not getting into like the, you know, getting a light dumbbell doing like 50 reps. It's like, that's going to slow you down because you can't wait too much, obviously, when you're putting that kind of pressure on your body. So you have to be careful of how you structure the leg workouts as well. But I would definitely say like leg workouts is so, so key. You have to get the leg workouts in, in some way or another. Awesome. Thanks a lot for all these insights. I, I really appreciate it. We always have at the end uh, some quick questions, quick answers. Um, mm -hmm. Pizza or burger? I'll say burger. Burger. Okay, cool. Uh, are you a dog or a cat person? Dog person. Dog. But I have, I've had a cat before. So I'm sort of, sort of biased towards a cat as well, but I think I'm more inclined to like, Pets in general, I like, but I would say like we're looking to get a dog now, so I'm more of a you know into dogs. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, what are the athletes that inspire you? Oh, a ton of athletes. Uh, my obviously um, from freestyle, my friends Dan and Tom Rosenberg. They're super super inspiring, and they're working with you guys. Obviously, Gwen as well. Those those have inspired me a lot in the static workouts, and uh, also Sergio from Spain a lot. I've been looking at a lot of his like, freestyle things, but also like the front lever and planche workouts uh, a ton. But from the static perspective, it's been more and more of those guys and dominant, you know, for the freestyle, more the Rosenberg twins. But also, you know, one of my friends, Emil, who has been training with me for a long time, he started taking the static game more seriously than I did when starting out. So I sort of progressed more into the freestyle and he more into the statics. Mm -hmm. looking at his progress I, i've become a lot more you know interested in in how he's training as well for the static moves and got a lot of help from him cool uh, 
Do you have a favorite book that you want to recommend? Oh yeah, for sure. It's a book about gymnastics and bodyweight training, which is a sort of a meta study, study about a lot of training methods and way to train for advanced moves. It's called, I think it's Defying Gravity or Overco Overcoming Gravity actually is, is the name. So Overcoming Gravity, this is the, I think it, you can read the first, the second edition, but Overcoming Gravity has been a great, great, It's not, not really a book, but it's sort of more, more like a handbook, I, I'd say, to calisthenics and bodyweight training, uh, in which you can learn a ton about your splits and how to structure your workouts and the microcycles and the mesocycles and everything around training in general for building strength. You can learn just reading that. And so it, uh, that's definitely one of my best, best pro tips when it comes to reading. Awesome. We will put the link in the description. I think it's a quite big book. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like 700 pages or something. Yeah, that's insane. Um, so, yeah. Um, the best calisthenics event you've ever visited or you've ever been at? Spontaneously, I would say the Miami South Beach calisthenics jam when we were there like eight, seven years ago, six years ago, maybe. Uh, on the beach in South Beach, Ocean Drive behind you. There's, you know, bars up, like 300 people, all calisthenics related, just practicing training, having a blast. Like that's, you know, sun is shining. It's perfect weather. We were there like 14 people from Sweden flying all together. It's like living in a big house. It was just so, so fun. And so that's probably one of the best events, like not just the event itself, but like the whole feeling of like, okay, this is, This is sort of the grassroots movement here. Wow. So that, that's definitely one of them. Yeah. I can imagine. And the last question, do you have a, a message for the calisthenics community? Something that you want to give uh, to say to the listeners? Well, a lot of things, obviously. Uh, but one of the main things I would say is that <clears throat> you, have to, you have to give things time. You have to be patient. Same thing as when it comes to learning like a front lever or a handstand or a front lever pull-up or a planche push-up is that it takes time and patience to learn new moves and new freestyle moves or static moves. So be really patient in your training and being consistent with it is going to help you progress over time. But that does not exclude different parts of your life as well. It, it does include training, but it, the same goes for studies or buying your house or first apartment. It goes into, you know, working as a trainer if you want to do that, you know, in the future. You have to be consistent. Okay, how do I do, how do I plan and take steps to get to where I want to go? Like if I want to be working as a trainer full-time, let's say within calisthenics, Okay, great. So what do you need? You need a gym, you need some kind of certificate, you need to gain some you know, strength, knowledge, lay a plan, build a foundation, and then work towards that. But give it time. Things doesn't happen overnight. It, it, there's, like, there's like this saying, it's like an overnight success, 10 years in the making. It's sort of, sort of that thing you have to think about. It's like, okay, all of a sudden somebody sees you doing like a, a cool, really, really cool straddle planche push-up. It's like, yeah. That's, I just unlocked that. Awesome. But I've been training for it for like eight years. So, so it's like, okay, I've been putting a lot of time into it and then you learn it. And that's the same thing for anything. Like if you want to get good at anything, you have to put the time and patience into it and eventually things will, you know, look out for the better. Well, thanks for sharing. Um, Yeah. How can people get in touch with you? How do they, where do they find you? We will put all the links in the description, but uh, yeah, where do they find you? So easiest obviously is Instagram and it's at Douglas Ekermark, but our company is called Trainix. So uh, the website is www.trainix.se. So trainix.se, where we have all the programs, PT online, the personal training group classes, All info uh, is up on there. And we also got training Instagram. Wow. That's cool. Uh, for the people who want to check out your old freestyle videos and some old content, yeah. I will link the YouTube as well. Uh, because yeah, old stuff on there, but it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> sure. it's, it's from, uh, not, not so much from what I've been doing myself, but it's a lot from events and stuff as well. So you can check that out if you want to see like competitions and stuff. 
Cool. Yeah, we're coming to an end. Douglas, thanks a lot for your time. You will have the last words of the podcast. Also, big thank you to all the listeners who stuck with us till the end because it's over an hour and uh, I really appreciate everyone listening to these podcasts till the yeah, end of these sorry. interviews. I really think that this time you um, were able to take a lot of uh, useful advice uh, either if you're like in the statics or in the dynamics or if you're a tall athlete. I think uh, Douglas talked about a lot of useful stuff. So thanks for sticking with us. If you like this episode, give it a thumbs up. It helps a lot. And um, Douglas, you have the last words thanks again for your time for your advice for your knowledge and uh, all the best to you and a lot of success well so so grateful to be on here thank you for having me and it's been great just sharing the knowledge to where i you know come so far in my journey and always can have a long way to go in a lot of areas so we'll have to do a follow-up in a few years or so right true awesome <laughs>